Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ballcaps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I am the Glasgow Comets, John McKellar. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. League president, Hall of Famer, Ken McCannon. Ken McCannon. I, I, I was repping him the other day. Tops. Come on, man, you're selling yourself short every week. Come uh, doing this. Well, this is just the Baseball Scotland podcast. We'll worry about dugout classics and tea and tops and Bubba another time there. Uh, but this week, we're saying it's just Scottish baseball. Let's let's chat about Scottish baseball. It is, and we have a lot to chat about. Um, we have crowned our champions for 2021. Uh, we'll get into that shortly when we talk the scores. But first, let's introduce us to this week's guest. We're joined by one of my teammates, the lovely Andy Vaughan. Say hello. Hi, John. How you doing? Hi, Jason. Pleasure to be on. It's absolutely brilliant to have you, mate. And uh, Looking forward to talking to you about not just uh, obviously your your time this season with the Comets in the last couple of years, but how you got involved uh, with baseball, uh, as well as a wee bit about your other interests and pursuits, uh, which aren't uh, entirely dissimilar to Jason and I. So we'll get into that yeah. in a bit. I want to say though that we first off get into the scores from this past weekend, Jason. Great. So do you want to go? I will go into the the uh, the Cannons game because that was an interesting one yeah. there. So here's, um, here's, here's a wee peek behind the curtain at how I usually do it. Um, I usually bring up Baseball Scotland's Facebook post and do it in that order. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me live advice here? So <laughs> I thought I would do the, the, at least the Cannons and Tayport game and we'd end on the Devils. So as it happens, uh, the Cannons and Bakers game is the first one. So just forget us that. So yeah, so we've got a lot of news there. So big, big news, of course. Uh, uh, you had Harris. He struck out 16 guys in the game, including an immaculate inning in the fourth. So if you're not sure what an immaculate inning means, it means you threw nine strikes in a row uh, and got struck out the whole side there. So is that he was actually named uh, BSUK Player of the Week earlier today as well. So that was big news from there. Uh, they were saying the Cannons' bats were consistent, really putting the ball in play. Uh, aggressive base running almost caught them out a few times here and there. Um, and then no one from Bayport stood out, but everyone had a few hits in that day. Uh, Tayport was excellent. It was some solid pitching that. And Xing Yan of the Devils showed up and played for the Tayport team. Oh, interesting. That yeah. Wasn't allowed anymore. Well, so he's moved up to five because he is, I should say, Professor Xing Yan is up that way now because he's obviously at St. Andrews and he came on down and played for Tayport. So we could have developing news out of Tayport. It could be a long time thing for there. Could it be that key player they need to kind of bring them up a level? So, you know, what an addition at, at the second to last game of the season. When you look at Shin Yen, you're looking at the guy who probably was the cornerstone of the last Devils dynasty. Absolutely. Uh, won three straight years, or maybe was it three or four straight years that they won uh, before was... the Galaxy's uh, run started. Um, and Shin Yen was probably the cornerstone of that. He was a very solid, uh, valuable pitcher for them. So if they both can manage to convince him to come along long term, uh, obviously he's a pretty busy guy. He's got commitments at St. Andrews University that going to take a lot of his attention away from baseball but um if uh, if they can get him to play every week he might just be that missing piece like you say i think that could be the case i think i think you do whatever you can to get shingen to come down and, and help bring that team up just that little bit more uh, and make him competitive there so uh if, if he's in for the rest of the season including that next month that could be a dangerous tapeport team and finally get that first win of the season yeah, absolutely. Um, not only the first one in the season, but a perfect timing uh, for a cup run. Uh, you know, obviously they, they are going to finish last in the league this year, uh, but I think with the way that it's set up, um, all six teams will be in the postseason. 
Yes, it is. So uh, Paul confirmed, uh, Paul, Boy, Paul Convoy League president had confirmed one and two get a bye and three plays six and four plays five. So uh, it's all shaping up there. Obviously the Devils, well, we'll have, we'll talk about it a little bit there. I have locked up the season uh, and now it's a battle for who gets the bye uh, at number two in the league. Definitely. I absolutely. And uh, like we say, Shin Yen, for him to come along, if he's going to be there every week, what a time for him to come along for T-Port. This gives they, this goes, they go from being like without a win pretty much all season, and it looks unlikely that they're going to get a win uh, in the 2021 season at this point, unfortunately for them. Um, but then they go into the, the Caledonia Cup tournament with the addition of Shin Yen, and obviously they made good contact. If he can start to score some runs at the right time and have him as the backbone, you know, they may just turn the they may just turn the season around in a major way uh, when it comes to the Caledonia Classic. It's going to make things interesting for sure. So uh, exciting times there. It may not have been the best season there. First season's almost in the books, but what a good time to get an addition like Shingen. Definitely, and it bodes well for next season and beyond. Let's uh, let's move on then to the Glasgow game. The game in Glasgow. It was the Granite City Oilers who travelled down with probably. Uh, Andy, you can probably confirm me. You, you were at the game. Uh, I would say probably a bit of a diluted Aberdeen squad. I would even go as far as depleted. Depleted. Uh, yeah, they, they had a lot of key, key components missing. That being said, though, the Comets really turned on the offensive power. Um, 37 to 2, the final score in Glasgow in favour of the Comets. That's one of the biggest results that we've seen this year. It might be the biggest one that we've seen this season. Uh, by no means is it the biggest that we've ever seen, but it's very close to it. Um, a massive win for the Comets. Uh, it looks like everyone on the entire bench got a hit in an RBI in the game, I believe. Um, just yeah, everyone, every, every one of the 12 players that played in a comments jersey that day got at least one hit and at least one RBI. So don't know how often that happens, but it was uh, <laughs> it was a good day. It was a, it was a good day for our bats. Yeah, an astonishing result. Um, we're going to go into the game in a wee bit more detail shortly, Andy. Um, but yeah, like Jason, uh, a few players down, the, the Oilers came down to Glasgow. And, that, and lost a, by five touchdowns. Scoreline. Yeah, that's a massive scoreline. Um, yeah. You know, the, you don't see that as often now with the way that things have changed. Obviously, with the A ball and Triple A, there's more parity between the different teams and the different uh, divisions that they're in. Um, so to see to see a, a batting performance like that from the Comets, who uh, I last saw two weeks ago or two Sundays ago in Edinburgh when we uh, were beaten by the Devils, uh, it's almost like night and day of a difference. Uh, uh, we would, we would have liked to, I think, to, to spread those runs out over the two. But you know, when you can, when you get a chance to win as big as that, it's a real momentum uh, booster. It can be a real boon to the, the last couple of couple of weeks. Obviously, we are looking to clinch that second spot this coming weekend, uh, and and obviously the makeup week, and we're looking to make a good account of ourselves in the Glasgow, uh, in the sorry, in the Caledonia Cup tournament, uh, and getting to that Caledonia Classic and hopefully lift that trophy for the first time. So. Good momentum booster. Nice shot in the arm at this uh, time of the season that we probably needed after the loss uh, in Edinburgh. Quite a, uh, you know, that, that loss pretty much counted as out of being able to win the title this year. And so to be able to come back like that is a massive uh, statement of intent. And it's uh, it shows exactly um, how different the Comets are mentality-wise than we would have been maybe two seasons ago, uh, where you know a big loss like that would then, would then lead to shall we say, and the heads dropping. Uh, <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In years past, we've had some issues with uh, psychologically um, in terms of uh, how we rebounded. So to see that, uh, I was very proud to see that scoreline of the guys. Um, 
and uh, hopefully that bodes well for next this this coming Sunday, the final weekend of the season, regular season, and uh, you know if we if we meet the Oilers again in the cup, hopefully they'll be as depleted as they were this time. <laughs> and you want to put the best team out there each time, like I said, you want to win against the full lineup there. So yeah. um, I, I understand, like I said, it, it, you know you're going to have games like that here and there, and and traveling's always been a complaint a complaint for people there. Just remember, it's only a three hour drive. We used to drive five hours normally to play doubleheaders, so um, you can't complain too much there, uh, but it sucks when you lose like that. really does, yeah. Uh, let's move on to what's probably going to be called the game of the weekend and possibly game of the season, considering what was at stake. Uh, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils were, I believe, down by five runs late to the Glasgow Galaxy. They rallied and won in walk-off fashion 9-8 to eight to become, uh, to become uh, the 2021 Scottish National League Baseball champions. Very well done to the Edinburgh Devils, to Ivan, uh, to Sylvan and to everyone there. Kyle as well has had a tremendous season. Um, so from ball caps and bagpipes, uh, myself and yourself, Jason, uh, congratulations, hearty congrats to the Edinburgh Diamond Devils. Um, you know, they, I think, have been all-rounders this year. They've been, by and large, the best team each week that we've gone along. Um, they started strongly. They've managed to maintain that consistently. Um, towards, I think, the second half especially, they became even better in the field and uh, from a pitching standpoint. Um, so I think to see them come back to prominence and win that title back from Glasgow, um, who held it three years in a row, um, is quite a story and uh, I think they uh, a well-deserved title. So it's interesting. So it, these things go in threes. The Cannons won the first three. The Devils won three. <laughs> <laughs> you guys won three, and now it's now we'll see if the Devils can go on another three-year run for the title or not. <laughs> so, Just so yeah. Me. So, game report there. So they said it was a close game. Obviously, ending in the seventh inning, Glasgow was up by eight to three. Uh, in the seventh, it went all pear-shaped. There was three pitching trades, two walks, four hit by pitches, and four hits. One of the hits being a bases cleared triple uh, by Leo Hernandez, and who. Uh, and walked it off for the Devils tending. I guess it was won by an uh, infield hit by Kyle Huffy. So uh, what a dramatic way to actually win the game there. And what a, I'm sure that was a boost to Kyle's confidence. I'm sure it's soaring and uh, he's high. Uh, high as a kite, I'm sure. Uh, we're doing that. Both frequency and literally. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. <laughs> I could not pass that one up. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh, trying to imply there, there, but let's move swiftly on. Um, very, very massive congratulations to the Edinburgh Diamond Devils on a very good campaign. And obviously the spirit that they showed to come back. Um, it looks like with the hit-by-pitches, the walks, maybe the whoever was pitching for the Galaxy at the time just hasn't had it. Either they've lost it or they've brought someone in who just couldn't find the zone, unfortunately, for them. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah, up to the Devils. Yeah, like I said, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, I guess now it's the fight for number two. So that's going to be an interesting battle to see who wins that one. Uh, we're down to our last, it's the last games of the season this weekend, right? So, yeah, so the last week of the regular season is this Sunday. There yep. is a makeup week the following weekend. Um, there are two outstanding games due to uh, COVID protocols from earlier in the season. Um, I think it was week two of the year um, right. yep. so there's uh, there's still that to look forward to um, and there's obviously the development league which is still uh, hasn't been settled so let's say uh, why don't we touch on the, the development league um, the Comets are 7-1-1 seven, seven, one one through 9 games 
uh, in the development league. The Devils are seven two and one. So effectively, the loss that, that they had this past weekend in the development league means that um, the Comets' future is very much in our own hands from a development standpoint. Um, if we can manage to win our remaining games, then we would uh, we, we would take that inaugural developmental league uh, title. So basically, what we're saying is we need to find a position that Jason Stott, Albert, Sani, and <laughs> and uh, who else we got? We need to if we can get David back over in time. Uh, find a position they haven't played yet. Start <laughs> 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 that lineup. Oh, to, be, yeah. to be fair, our our development actual development team's been been doing it all themselves just fine. They've yeah. been really really good this year. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so we should expect an unusual lineup next weekend. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've got this new kid. His name's John Nelson, right? He's never played a game of baseball in his life. Yes. Um, but we, we think we're going to chuck him at first base and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, he's just big for picking up all those large rocks. I don't know. We'll see if it translates to baseball or not, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the comments are on top with seven, one, and one. You mean, uh, says Christopher Kelly. That's true. Yeah, we are one game ahead in the lost column. So there's that. We've got a ton of comments here that we will jump into uh, before we go into the league standings, and then we'll get to the interview section with Andy. Um, <laughs> Chris Kelly again that says, Tape poaching players, controversial. Um, Andrew Sweet, acquiring surely. Um, Panda, uh, C. Alexander says, he's he's the devil. Um, smoking like a galaxy, I'm not sure uh, what you're referring to there, Chris. Uh, there's no galaxy representation <laughs> here whatsoever, as my hat in that jersey would uh, would show five. Yes, we'll have to five any. Yeah, that was the that was Mercerfield, wasn't it? That game, it was it was like after four or five innings. Our, our game, yeah, Comets game, yeah, four and a half innings because we didn't bat yeah. bottom of the bottom of the fourth. Basically, um, Aberdeen had their five five innings at bats, and yeah. Bill called it. Yeah, and, uh, I mean. Wow. Yeah, okay. Chris Kelly says, uh, I said I wanted 100 before the fourth inning. I'm not sure that that's humanly possible, Chris, but we'll try next week. Uh, being down 22 to 2 in three innings, the game should stop and keep playing after that. Um, I don't think that there is a provision in the rulebook this season for mercy rulings uh, before the fifth, with the exception of the, the development league. Am I right in saying that? As far as I know, there is no nothing up there. I don't know if that's going to come in or not. So I think yeah. probably. Ne- I mean, remember this is all a trial, so we're all learning on the fly. So I got a feeling uh, the next coming season there'll probably be more standardized rules on who can play, who can't, and, and we'll know more that way. So uh, we can't speculate on what's going to happen and what's not. But I imagine uh, we won't see so many scores like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, again, my teammate Chris Kelly. Uh, no, I got to leave. Uh, got to leave the room for a comeback. That's baseball, not over till the final rally. Um, uh, Mark Nisbet says, uh, Glasgow dev team, Galaxy's dev team has been mainly rookies and first-year players, and we've been pulling the wins out. Don't count us out. Um, I think mathematically, Mark, we need to at this point. I think uh, it's between <laughs> the Comets and the Devils uh, at this stage uh, in, the, in the Development League. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone, for commenting. Please do continue. 
and uh, I'll get to them, uh, I'll get to as many of them as I can. Uh, let's have a wee look here at the standings. If I can somehow manage to keep, bring them up. Oh, we know the Devils are on top, and then we know yep. it's... So the Triple A standings, I've got them right here. All right, right you found them. For your 2021 season after 10 weeks of play, Edinburgh Diamond Devils are first and have clinched the championship with nine wins and one loss. A tremendous season um, from the Devils again. Uh, there's just there's no superlative that you, you, you can use at this point that, 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 would, that would accurately summarise how good they've been uh, on a consistent basis. Um, the Cannons and Comets are tied in second with six wins and three losses. The Granite City Oilers are in fourth place with four wins, five losses. The Galaxy are in fifth with three wins and six losses. And the Tapeport Breakers winless in ten. Um, so that's the standings as we go into the final weekend of the regular season. Uh, let's take a wee look at the Scottish Development League standings. Glasgow Comets, as we've established, are 7-1-1 one, and, one, and are a game ahead in the loss column of the Diamond Devils. I believe, Jason, that would make the, make the Comets a half game up if I, if, I, if I understand the way these standings and things work. Correctly. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, so that's half a game. When you when you factor in the, the random tie, I don't know exactly. I don't know how this is all. I think that it's going to end on a coin flip. I think that's where it yeah. finishes this season. The Comets are three quarters of a game up in first place, let's say. Uh, Glasgow <laughs> Galaxy in third place are five and four. The Breakers development team have been uh, fearing a lot better than the AAA team. They are sitting on a four and six record in fourth place. The Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Cannons are three and five in the development league and the Granite City Development Oilers are 0 and 8. Um, how, I'm not sure how they can be 0 and 8 after 10 weeks of play. They've played nine games. I don't they might have had enough people for a development game. Never know. Yeah. Who knows? Like I said. Yeah, it looks like the Cannons and Oilers um, may have a development game that's uh, been chucked. So. With this, being a, with this being a trial this season, that was uh, always a possibility and something that might happen. Um, so all to play for in the top two, uh, the title in the Development League is still to be won. Um, it's interesting that we have a game in hand, so to speak, uh, on the Devils. Uh, so if we can win this weekend in the Development game and then win the Development game on the Makeup Week, that would make the Comets champions. Um, if we lose either of those two, it's going to be uh, very much uh, dependent on what happens in the Devils. Development games, so it's uh, exciting, exciting last couple of weeks ahead. Although the AAA title has been wrapped up, there's still a lot to look forward to in these last couple of weeks. And Absolutely, course, like I said, uh, we have developmental season wrapping up here, and obviously, who's going to get second place and get that bye for the Caledonian Cup? It's going to be great. It's going to be great stuff. Let's move on from that, and let's talk to my boy Andy here. Uh, Andy Vaughan, you are a member of the Glasgow Comets. You primarily play in the corner outfield, usually left field, yep. a position that uh, I know pretty well. Um, you... you said left field, not left bench. John, yeah, come on. I'm going there with that. <laughs> you know left bench really well. <laughs> I'll have you know he inherited that position from me. He's the... <laughs> Wait, which anyway, one Andy, <laughs> let's say, uh, let's... Am I still the host? Can I mute him? Okay, so Andy, uh, let's first off get into how you became involved with baseball, but uh, to get into that, we probably should uh, talk about how you became interested in the sport. 
So talk to us about who you root for, um, uh, how long for how long, and how you how you got there. Okay, so um, you can probably see behind me there. That's a, there's an Indians ball and an Indians hat. Um, so the Indians has has really always been my team. Um, ever since I saw the film Major League as a small child, and Charlie Sheen's character had the same surname as me, so Vaughn ninety nine um, on the mound for the the Cleveland Indians in Major League really sort of started it all for me way back in the day. I didn't actually get into then really loving MLB though for 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 a good few years, um, but I I'm probably strange because I I I came to the game to play the game after having fallen in love being a spectator, because I know a lot of the guys certainly in the, in the Glasgow teams are, have played since childhood. I didn't actually start playing until 2018 when I was 32 years old. So I guess you could say I was a, a very late rookie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, what a rookie you were. You brought, um, I think, a lot of transferable skills from uh, golf, which is a sport that you... Uh, quite enjoy. Um, normally, <laughs> normally I don't say the nicest things about golf on this show. I know you don't. But uh, tonight I'm going to behave myself. I've got my I've got my good boy cap on this evening. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, how do you feel that golf helps uh, beyond the swing? Uh, do you feel that there's um, anything in the field that you take from golf? Definitely. Um, I guess one of the things that, that you learn if you, so I grew up playing golf and I was, I became quite a good golfer. Um, uh, and one of the things you learn is that it's all feet up, you know, you, you see people swinging their arms, but, but the swing is the foundation comes from your feet and from weight transfer during the swing. And that's how you generate power. And it's very, it's very similar to, to batting in, in baseball. If you're just going to go up and swing your arms at it, you're not going to be very successful. Um, so I guess I came with, with that already, that sort of knowledge and hand-eye coordination of being able to hit something with a stick, <laughs> to put it in total layman's terms. Uh, but the swings themselves are, are obviously different. The, the golf ball's stationary, so I find that a, a lot easier. No, no one's trying to blow it by you or uh, spin it past you. <laughs> so question for you, Andy, what are you playing off currently? Uh, my, uh, my handicap currently is 12. Um, okay. when I was, when I was a youngster, um, when I was 16, 17 years old, it was four. Um, four and, and, and then, and then that thing happens where you, you go to uni, you discover booze and, and fags and nights out and girls and, you know, your, your priorities go elsewhere and golf is not, uh, especially in, in Glasgow, golf is not a, a cheap game to be involved in. And you turn 18 and they, they hit you with gents fees for club membership. And I, I'm a student with no income or little income. Just couldn't afford it so i took maybe a sort of 10 11 year break and only only recently got back into it around the same time that i i, I got into baseball and, and met john and started uh started playing for the comets sort of 2018. so, so you did the appeal wasn't to go to maybe st andrews to go to uni there because they get ex inexpensive golf on the old course that, that didn't come across your uh, your, your thought process <laughs> It, 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 it maybe it maybe should have done Jason. I actually uh, born and bred in Glasgow. Uh, went although my, my dad's family's all from from Dundee. I spend a lot of time in Dundee, and I'm delighted that there's now a team in Tayport um, because I can I can sort of weekend it over there now. Um, uh, I'm a big Dundee United fan. I'm a huge sports fan um, in general, and I've I've been going to all their games for for years and years. So delighted to see somewhere happen in Dundee. Uh, but I went to uni in Glasgow. Um, uh, at the University of Strathclyde. But then the first proper job I took was down in Hull. 
And uh, I, I lived in Hull for, for three years between sort of 2010 and 2012, but drove back every weekend. So I sort of midweek lived in Hull um, and, and came, back up to, came back up to Scotland. And that's when I first bought my first baseball glove because I went to, to training with the Hull Scorpions for a, for a few times. Right. Um, and in 2012, I think I maybe went to four or five of their training sessions. Um, wasn't there at weekends, didn't ever play in any games. And then, then I relocated back up to Scotland in 2012. So after four or five training sessions, that, that glove went in the cupboard for six years and then, um, and, and then came back out when I, when I went along to the winter training of the, the Glasgow Baseball Association. I'm really, really glad I did because it's a, it's a great sport to be, to be part of. Um, the community, the community is brilliant and the players are brilliant from, from all the different teams. So it's interesting you mentioned Hull. Uh, did you ever get a train with Gavin Marshall? I I probably did. I, I mean, I may I may have done. <laughs> right, I, mean, I, was, yeah. I was I was I was I was really new. Like right. that was my first glove I ever bought, and I just turned up. So if Gavin Marshall was good, I probably wouldn't have thrown a ball with him. <laughs> they, would have, not. they would have put they would have put me in a corner. Yeah. So Gavin Marshall is one of those legendary people throughout British baseball. He was one of the first people to sign a professional contract uh, and played yeah. independent ball uh, for, I believe it was the one season there. And um, yeah, so he played for the whole Scorpions. He played for a lot of teams there, but I, I definitely remember he was down in a hole last time I saw him there and that would have been 2006. So. Um, oh no, I was, I was later than that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I thought maybe like the name would, the name, everyone knows you, you mentioned anyone in British baseball that's played for a while. You mentioned Gavin Marshall, everyone knows who he is. So I thought, man, the off chance there, but I'm sure you were probably still, Kevin McGavin was probably still in charge around that. Probably, I, I can't really remember. As I say, I only went to, I only went like four or five times, and I was, I was, I was wet behind the ears, and just uh, try my best uh, to, to fit in, really, and, and not drop the ball and throw it properly. So, but hey, that's something I'm still trying to do. Sorry, John, I just took over right there. So yeah, back to you. It's your show as well, Jason. It's not my show. It's yours. It's, no, it's, I, I wanted to get the golf chat in because you were going to let the golf chat happen. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm behaving myself this week. <laughs> I think all three of us should go golfing, John. I need a caddy. <laughs> oh, shit, I, just broke it. I just dropped something and broke my toe. We oh, did actually, um, a few of the comments went golfing last year. Myself, Gordon McLaren and um, Albert, and, Albert. Rodriguez and, and, <laughs> oh. and John Nelson yes. played, played a round of golf. Yeah. Uh, John can obviously hit the ball far, but Albert is an incredibly good golfer. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Maybe not as consistent, but he can be... <laughs> He can put, he can pull off shots like that, that seem impossible. So, so yeah, not too similar to his baseball play then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you he, know, do, I, he does magical magical things for two weeks and then just he's just Albert. He's just what, what was can you say? <laughs> I, I mentioned he's. I mean, we all know Albert's a very talented athlete. I mean, I've seen him oh. kick a ball around out there. So you know, I never thought it crossed my mind that he'd be good at golf as well. I'm, I'm sure with a bit of practice, he'd probably be a pretty good golfer. I reckon with a bit of practice, he's the sort of guy that would be good at anything. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not football with the way he kind of limps around the bases. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> how much of that is real and how much it's showmanship, who knows. Um, but anyway, let's move on now, Andy, to mm. your start as a Comet. Uh, mm -hmm. You went to 2018 winter training. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the feeling of joining the club for the first time, finding out you're going to be a Comet. Um, and let's go from there. Like, talk about the rookie season and the, some of the experiences you had then. Sure. So, um, the, 
rookie season was brilliant because everyone was so accepting. Everyone, they, they didn't, you know, you turn up, you're friends with everyone instantly. Everyone's everyone's talking to you. Everyone wants to play. Everyone includes everyone. Um, and the Glasgow Baseball Association is, is really good for that. Um, and then I was went to a few training sessions, got put into the Comets team. At the time, it was managed by John Nelson um, in, in 2018. They didn't have a dev league. Uh, development league obviously we're, we're talking about how brand new that is they didn't have that in 2018 so my first few games i was i was one of those annoying guys that always turned up you know it t- turned up to every game uh it wasn't expecting game time just happy to sit in the bench and, and score it um I, I probably take some credit for introducing iScore to the comments and for us having a statistical database of all our games and all individuals um, stats for the last three or four years um, starting that off uh, so I'd sit in, the, sit in the bench and quite happily score the game um, and I guess I was kind of fortunate that we weren't very good in 2018 which meant that if we were getting blown out I'd get I'd get some game time in the, in the last couple of innings um, and, and I'd learned from there and John actually played centre field a couple of times don't know if you remember uh, John that um, John Nelson would play would play center field so he was obviously yeah. the coach and yeah. he put me in at right field because I was untested and brand new uh and, and call me onto the ball tell me what I should be doing where I should be at any point in time and that really helped uh with, with my development as a player just those those few innings at the end of games um with him essentially talking me through the entire process um and yeah so so, so sort of started from there I'm, I'm massive on stats. I, lo- I love stats. I love score. I actually enjoy scoring the game. I find it. I find it really, really interesting. Um, stats is one of the one of the reasons I actually got into baseball properly as a fan. Um, I used to, when, as I say, when I lived in Hull, I used to do so much driving. I'd come back to the to Glasgow every weekend. I'd drive around the country for my job, um, and I'd always listen to Baseball Today, the ESPN podcast with Keith Law, who's now the chief right baseball writer at the Athletic. Uh, so he was, he was one of my absolute heroes, uh, him and Eric Carabell, who does the, the fantasy shows now. And they were, they did this baseball today podcast that ended a few years back. Cause I don't think it was so popular because it, it was sabermetrics heavy. And I, I know John, you've spoken about sabermetrics in the past. You're not, you're not the biggest fan of it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge sabermetrics fan. <laughs> I, I run a sports betting podcast. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big sports gambler. Uh, numbers is and sports are my thing. So obviously baseball, that's the perfect fusion for, for meaningful numbers and sports. I think that's uh, because you're an Indians fan. And so you're a small market team. So you have to know those numbers there. Yeah. Where John's a Yankees <laughs> fan. We just go, well, here's 200 million. All right, put a team together, the best guys we can, and make sure they're all over 30 and falling apart. So, <laughs> Well, those, uh, those old broken guys have won 10 in a row as of right now, Jason. So... Works for me. I don't you, mind. Guys, you guys have one more win than us. Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it does for the wild card. Um, Anyways, this is Andy's show. We're, exactly. We don't so, want to hear about your Yankee stuff here. Come on, let's. let's dude, talk you, today. you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being cheeky today. I can't help myself. <laughs> Someone's had a Somebody could have been doing with having one fewer cups of coffee like today. It could be quite possibly because I am going out at nine, so this is why. Yes, yes. Um, so on that note, then let's uh, let's get back to Andy and let him tell his story. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was the, that was the first season. Scoring a lot of the games, learning obviously. But when you do that, you learn so much about the game. I thought I knew a lot about it from just um, 
being into the numbers and the side of things, but actually sitting there and, and having to score it properly and go through everyone's stats and uh, you get a get you get a better understanding of of what's going on than just merely spectating because you're you're having to concentrate on everything. Um, and and getting more game time towards the end of innings really set me up for the next year. And then 2019, uh, John Nelson took a step back. Gio Coulter became the manager, long-standing Glasgow Comet. And I think in 2019 we we really had a, a ragtag bunch of guys. Um, he had he had a few vets to work with. I don't, John, you you weren't playing all season that year. I don't I don't remember you being. I think you had other. Did you have other commitments at the time? And, and uh, yes, and I was about to become a dad, so I think I that spent was it. a lot of time. Getting that was it. That. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 some of the luck. <laughs> so you, you were doing that. Santino, who's who's come back now, wasn't wasn't about in 2019. Yeah, yeah he was a um, yeah. You know. Uh, we had real rookies because like, like myself, like Gordon McLaren, Tristan Ragraggio, like these guys were, were rookies that year, proper, not rookies as in they'd played elsewhere and happened to now be doing their first season in Scotland. These were guys that not, you know, that were, were playing their very, very first season. And Gio, he had a really tough job, but he, he guided us through that. And the team that we have now isn't really on paper in terms of the names any different to that team that only won yeah. you know at a 300 winning percentage two years ago we obviously had yeah, the off yeah. season in 2020 and that's one of the weird things about the comments this year i think if, if clubs looking at out, outside go that's the same team they they might not be very good <laughs> but somehow <laughs> just through repetition and through practice and these guys showing a, a real commitment to the game to turn up every week to training we've got better and it's the and one of the keys that this year we have from not previous years is it's the same guys because I think the comments have maybe suffered with people only playing for a year or two and then leaving. There's been no core to that team, or certainly no stable core to the team that's been able to progress year to year. Whereas yeah. we're seeing that now, and we're seeing the results of that, and we're also seeing the results of um, just the whole ethos and atmosphere. And John. You, you'll know this better than anyone being a part of the organization. I mean, the, the whole thing, John Nelson obviously put a lot of work into our look. Um, the whole, the, we've got home and road uniforms now, loving the hat. Um, you know, these don't, these things don't come out of nowhere, but they, they give the ethos and they give the presentation of a, you know, a professional sports team. And therefore it's more likely that's how you'll then play out in the field. And I think, I think that sort of, that whole change of attitude, has really helped us this year. In fact, the development league has really helped us as well because we have a lot of very new rookies for this year that are so keen. And just them being there and being on the bench, playing the, watching them play the dev game, watching them have fun playing the dev game and be good at it, and then being on the bench and supporting the main team through their game is, is, is just so helpful. It's the, whole, it's the whole attitude around the club is in a, in a really good place just now. Absolutely. I would have to concur with that uh, 100%. Um, particularly regarding the lack of a core for quite a long time. We mm. had a very solid core the first year. The two teams uh, were around the Comets and Galaxy. Um, guys like Francis, guys like Kago, guys like Marco, possibly guys you wouldn't even have met or heard of, Andy. I've, I've, um, I've never met those guys. So, yeah, yeah, these, they, guys, uh, these guys were basically the heart of our lineup that year and then they left. And then for several years after that, we just and uh, credit to Xander, uh, who I've had on the show previously, who talked about this, but credit to him for managing to piece together something that resembled a, a, a kind of makeshift core of the team uh, for quite a few years before, obviously, John Nelson and, and Gio took over the reins. 
uh, with this uh, with this coming with this with this season, we've we've seen the first year of uh, Jason Stock, former Galaxy player mm-hmm. and manager, in charge. How do you feel Jason has changed the game with the Comets? Um, do you feel that his his track record of winning as a Galaxy plays much a part into how much better we've been, or would you say that there's other aspects at play there? Um, J- Jason is an excellent coach to begin with. Um, he, he does he does have a winning track record, uh, absolutely, and he's got a sub one ERA this year. I think I think he'd want I think he'd want everyone to you know I think he'd want oh, everyone yeah. to know that. <laughs> I'm surprised, so that he hasn't, I'm surprised he hasn't messed up yet to say exactly what it is. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the most doubles in the team and a sub-1 ERA. Uh, so, you know, he's obviously very helpful to have in the team, in the batting lineup, and as backup on the mound. Um, and having having that pitching depth really helped actually this year because two years ago, let's be honest, John, if Albert didn't, if Albert wasn't available for a game, we were in big trouble. Yes. You know, he was yeah. he was he was throwing hundreds of pitches. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he, I he think went, we did we not work out that he had an average of about 179 pitches per uh, game. Ah, uh, because he was walking everyone. No, sorry, yeah. Albert. Joke, joke. Feel this though by the end. You know, it's a miracle that the guy could lift his arm. I'm. That was so impressive. He held the team together. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, because we we literally really didn't have anyone else um, in that 2019 season. Whereas this year. We were fortunate at the beginning of the season that we had David, um, and obviously he's, he's highly talented. And and now we've got Santino, who has been tremendous for us. Um, he throws strikes, he eats innings. Um, he's just, it's really, really good. We've still got Albert, so he, and he stepped up to the plate. He's done that job. And we've, and we've got Jason as well. So we've got three quality guys in, in a bit of pitching depth now. Um, and one of the things that, that we also have I, I would say is we've got a really strong batting lineup. There's not there's not an easy out in that batting lineup. Whereas in previous years, it might have been, you know, you get to the seven, eight, nine hitters, you can think, oh, it's fine, I'll just throw them strikes and they'll either strike out swinging or there'll be weak contact. I think opposing pitchers now looking at our lineup go, Oh, there's no there's no easy out. This is this is okay, the top half is, is really good, but the bottom half is is solid. And that's that's a really nice spot to be in. And I think that's probably the reason that we that we did so well. Um, at the beginning of the season, I don't think anyone would have expected us to be 4-0. I certainly didn't. No, no. Um, so we sort of exceeded expectations a little bit. And while we're not going to be able to win win the, the championship this year, um, congratulations, obviously, go to the Devils. We, we went there last week in, in what was quite an important game and they, they absolutely demolished us. So... You know, you know, you t- you take your shot, and, and on this occasion, and this occasion, we were outdone by better opponents. But I think, in terms of expectation, we far exceeded expectation this year, and and Jason has played a, a massive part in that. He ob- he obviously has. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask you: we had pinned a lot of our hopes on David Einar mm. Torres um, as pitcher. We had pinned a lot of our hopes on John Nelson as DH. Now neither of those guys has been around, as it turned out. Um, who do you feel on the team, or do you feel there's any one particular individual on the team, I should say, that has really stepped up and put the team on their back? Um, I know you mentioned Sani, and I think he might be, if you, if I were to be asked the same question, I think I would probably say Santino would be my answer. Um, but who would your answer be in terms of a guy who you feel has stepped up? Bear in mind, Jason, that Andy, who we're speaking to here, um, has had a phenomenal season at the plate himself. Uh, I think you're at 14 runs batted in for the season now. 
I um, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. fourteen uh, RBIs. Yeah, I, I you pull out the ice score right now. Yeah, fourteen yeah. RBIs, seven doubles, eight stolen bases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my OPS is over four hundred. I'm doing great. <laughs> Four, fourteen RBIs, but that, that wasn't the thing I wanted to work on this year. The thing I wanted to work on this year was not not striking out. Um, and I've, I've only had two Ks this year out of uh, thirty six plate appearances. So I'll take that. That was uh, that was my main thing. You put the ball in play in this league. And things happen. So there's my there's my sort of sabermetrics brain was working on that over the off season, going right. If I, you know people make errors, you know the the ball takes crazy hops. We all know these Scottish fields. We <laughs> <laughs> talk about everyone's fields like a putting green. We talking about <laughs> well, well, ours certainly isn't, and we play half our games there, slightly over half our games there. So right. you know, put the ball in play. Um, that's what it's all about. But in terms of in terms of someone that's carried the team, so, well, Sanic, yeah, Santino. As a pitcher, throwing that many pitches that he's that he's thrown this year and, and, and taking us to that many wins is has been absolutely huge for us. In terms of in terms of the bats, um Ian Davidson has been tremendous. Uh, I think Ian's played one season before down south. Um I, I, I couldn't couldn't tell you who for. Uh yeah, but this is this Trojans. is right. There you go, Liverpool Trojans, but he's he's, he's come up here, he's, he's uni here, and he has been absolutely brilliant i think he's got 500 500 batting average um 10 hits out of 20 at bats and you know he hits the ball hard and he hits it far um, did you get ice score up there i've always got data I, I, run a, <laughs> God, I run a betting podcast True. like i have so many tabs open <laughs> I, like, you need you need to know your stuff and be able to reference it instantly yeah. so yeah i've got all the, got, got all the yeah. comments stuff here um, so, but yeah, Ian. Ian has been really, really, really good. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, with you regarding Ian. Uh, I know that last weekend we were, when we were in Edinburgh, he pitched. Uh, I think it was one inning in the Dev game. Um, yeah. he, he kept us from losing. That obviously ended in a tie, but I think that his pitching and contact helped us to avoid lo- lo- the loss that day, which obviously is what leaves us in this position that we're in now, where we could potentially win the inaugural development league. Um, so I think Ian has been a kind of a dark horse MVP type player that, that we've had this year, and I would agree with you there. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Sani and obviously Jason's impact as coach, and also what he brings to the, the team on the field. As I'll, well. I'll give I'll, I'll give a little shout out for Tristan Ragraggio as well. He is he's been really good. He was he was a rookie in 2019. Yeah. Um, Tristan <laughs> in car journeys up to Aberdeen. We obviously talk baseball. I put on baseball podcasts. Fantasy. He doesn't watch MLB. He doesn't really listen to baseball or know anything about baseball. The only time he ever has any interaction with baseball is when he turns up at the field and plays. And he is great. And he has been used everywhere. So when you say I predominantly play left field, I've played every inning in left field, like nowhere else. That's why I'm in my 30s now. Like you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? This is the only trick I know. Whereas Tristan has been shortstop, second base. I'm sure he spent time at third. He's played right field. Like they put him anywhere, and he's he's been he's been great at it every single time. So from a utility point of view in the field, he's been uh, he's been absolutely tremendous. Definitely. And uh, while we're having a love in with our teammates here, um, I think I would have to give a shout out to Big Craig as well, Craig Waddle, yeah. uh, the development catcher, um, who has also spent some time in right field in the AAA games. Um, I think the work that he's put in has really started to pay off this season from uh, both behind the plate. Obviously, he's become a better catcher. His blocking has improved. His arm is. Uh, his arm's really good. He's, he's got a tremendous arm on him. Um, he's uh, also done really well at the plate. 
as well. Mm -hmm. He's gone from a guy who I don't think had the most uh, confidence at the plate um, in previous seasons, um, but now you look at him up there and he looks like um, he knows he goes into the box with a plan now. Um, and he's been able to execute that plan quite a lot, particularly in the in the, in the single A games, uh, but definitely at the, at the triple A level as well. He's uh, he's he's done his bit. Um, so big Craig, uh, shout out to you. In last week's game, actually, in the the, the development game, he had uh, two plate appearances and two hits. We only had three hits in total. Two of them were him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that I'm coming back next week. My hamstring is fine. So Superb. I'm, I'm coming back. I'll be back. Is... I'll be. I'll be playing my. I'll be fielding my position as well, not just DH in this time. Good news. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to something you've mentioned a couple of times. Mm. Uh, we'll wrap things up here. Um. Trample bet. Uh, yeah. Your sports betting podcast. Talk to us a wee bit about that. Plug that for the uh, the viewers and listeners. Sure. So the trampled bet podcast. It's been running for four years now. It was myself and John Walker started that four years ago. Uh, John runs a, a sister podcast called Scots Abroad. That's it's got a pretty big following. It's always uh, brought up in the press. It's about um, Scottish footballers um, that play overseas. But the the betting podcast came out just for me one day. It was like, we've got this. I've, I've paid for this uh, podcast studio. Do you fancy? You know, I know you like sports betting. Do you fancy doing a podcast? And it, it sort of started from there. And we've been we've been actually very successful um, over over the four years. And it's it's turned into a regular fixture in, in, in many people's diaries. Um, Gordon McLarnon, who's uh, a Glasgow Comet, is also a host. And we we brought Gordo on. He's been on from sort of the end of the second season onwards as well. So it's on all podcast channels, as it were. Your, you know, your Google Podcasts, your Spotify, wherever you can find uh, ball caps and bagpipes, you can find the trampled bet as well. It's pretty statistics heavy. Um, it's obviously only about gambling so there's <laughs> if if you're not a fan of sports betting it's maybe not for you it's got a very niche audience but a niche audience that follows us uh through thick and thin we had italy to win the um italy to win the euros and it last last season's postseason we predicted the whole nl side of the the, the playoffs Lego. and then the eventual winners and the dodgers so yeah, we do, we do baseball, we do soccer, we do uh, darts, horse racing. They're, they're the sort of main sports I like. And then the other guys that are involved um, do the more, I guess, athletic style of things, you know, um, <laughs> UFC and, and contact <laughs> physical sports. I, I stay away from them. I stick to my, my darts and my golf and my baseball. Yeah. All three of us are firmly in the realm of dad bod sports rather than <laughs> like athletic sports. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, really know, I disagree with that. I play pickleball and paddle, so I am not, that's not a dad bod sport. Be fair, you made me look like a fool last week playing basketball, so uh, there is that. <laughs> I know. I know. I am out of shape, but yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We are the dad bod sport. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so how uh, how regularly is uh, Trample Bet released? When did, it's weekly. When does it drop? It's, it's weekly. It drops on Thursdays. Um, we also have a Patreon channel where we do a whole load of extra content. So there's a there's a show about soccer for the weekend ahead, and it's released every Thursday um, on all the normal podcast channels. And then our Patreon content goes into all the extra stuff. So any big horse racing meetings, darts events, uh, major golf championships, major tennis tournaments. That's all. That's all over there. But the sort of free to air normal stuff is every Thursday, and um, you can find us at Trample Bet Podcast. Uh, you can, you know, just search just search Google for the Trampled Bet, 
um, and 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 you'll find us you'll find us there. Superb. One last question for me, Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we move uh, beyond the 2021 season, into 2022, and further along, what are your expectations and what are your goals for the next couple of seasons coming up? Um, expectations and goals. I'd l- I'd love to get that contact percentage to to a thousand. That'd be cool. Um, you know, that'd be really good to, to go a whole season without striking out. It's a, per- a personal goal of mine. Uh, I, I would love the Comets to to win something. Um, you know, to actually win one of the official terms. And I think we've got a good shot this year in the Caledonia Cup. I, I really do. Um, but if we can if we can keep the momentum ticking over into next year, you know, this, at the beginning of this year, I would have taken a I would have taken a, a winning record. That would that would have been my goal for the you know I would have been happy if the Comets had got a winning record. The fact we started so well. And we, we potentially, you know, we could we could have ran them really close. If the Galaxy had held on at the end of last week instead of blowing that lead, we'd still be in the hunt. <laughs> we'd, yes. still, we'd still be in the hunt this week. You know, we 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 were packing our gear up at the end at the end, thinking the Galaxy were going to win that game because we'd heard yeah. they were eight two up. And by the time we'd got the fence down, it was over. So <laughs> you know, that's that's the side you don't hear about. Yeah, <laughs> you hear about the celebrations, you don't hear about the other side. But yeah, over the next couple of years, John, I I would love to see, I'd love to see the comets win something, and I think we're in a good place. We can keep the same core core guys together, and we've got such a good development squad coming through. Um, you know, and and they'll build their way into the first team, and we, then suddenly we've got depth, not just in pitching but in the field. And batting as well, and then those away days become less problematic when people can't make it. So, Absolutely. next three years, next three years, John, we'll we'll be champions. We will be champions. We'll be, what we'll be champions of, we're not entirely sure yet. Not not entirely sure. And if Jason's <laughs> right, it goes in three year cycles. Yeah, yeah it, might, it might be three years time. Yeah, yeah, we need to wait for Edinburgh's uh, run to end. Um, Jason, do you have anything else? Yeah, so since we're on the subject of gambling, so what, what do you think about Mariners' odds of uh, making the playoffs? Oh man, you can't you can't just hit me with that. <laughs> Come on, I need to I, I need to what what are what are their odds? They're currently one and a half games out of, out of uh, the wild card. So it's the Red yeah, Sox, but... Yankees, and uh, last time I checked, it was like three percent. But if you are the Blue Jays, who are actually a game and a half behind, it's like a sixty percent chance for them because of the damn Orioles. <laughs> what I would say, Jason, is you look at that three percent. You go on. You go on odds checker. Check the odds that you're currently getting given, and if your expected value is better than that three percent, you take the bet. <laughs> I, I my my Mariners are due for some regression, so I don't think they're going to make it here at all. So I'm very aware. Of, I, I'm just riding that you know high while I can now. And uh, the other bet I was going to say is, uh, what what are your odds on the Indians actually being the Galaxy next year, considering they've got to change their name and de- decide that a roller derby team. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. how much you paid out for their team it's, it's really interesting that obviously I've got a load of Indians merch I've been buying it for years now and um, funnily enough so, my friends they, t- they take this we don't win very often do we you know and the one chance we did have we blew it against the Cubs um, but, but they've, they've all been messaging me going do you know what see this year now's the perfect year that you could change your allegiance to an actual good team <laughs> because the Indians <laughs> won't exist <laughs> That's true. But, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, you know, I, I may be a Guardians fan next year. Maybe, maybe I'll heed their advice and you know, I could uh I could support I couldn't support someone else. 
I've, I've already, you know, it's, you pick your team. That's your team, isn't it? It's your team, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm Cleveland all the way. I'm Cleveland all the way, unfortunately. So I look forward to having to spend a whole load of money on new merch next year to get the new logos. <laughs> <laughs> the new jerseys. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I hope it goes through soon enough that people can start getting those hats and jerseys. I think I actually like it. I think it's a really good design for them. I think it was a, a, a good name for them. Uh, they really did the research for them. So uh, I, I think they couldn't go wrong. But like you said, uh, you know, Major League always has that spot in my heart and there will always be yeah. the Indians and there will always be Joe Boo and everything else there too. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me too, Jason, for me too. I just find that ironic that uh, not only does Ricky Vaughn have the same last name as you, but he wore your number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're an inspiration, I mean, I, had to, I had to pick 99, didn't I? Like, there's no way yeah. you can have the surname Vaughn and not wear 99. <laughs> I, I, I Absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, got a couple more comments that I'll just quickly run through. Um, where were we? So... Uh, the Tayport Baseball Club says, tuned in late, but for the record, uh, Shin Yen has been on our roster um, and actually on our charter uh, with the local council since 2019. Uh, we are glad that he and his family have finally been able to fully move into our catchment area and look forward to getting him settled in the blue and gold. So it looks like he will be a long-term pickup for them. Uh, massive acquisition for the Tayport uh, Breakers. Um, Saeed Dickey says, can't wait to see the legend back on the mound again. Uh, I believe he's referring to Shin Yen. Um, Chris Kelly wants to know how do you score an error in golf? <laughs> That's um, in reference to Albert, obviously. So my <laughs> score is an underappreciated addition, mate. It's fantastic, says Chris. Uh, big Andy Sweeney of the Galaxy. You can take the credit for the Galaxy scoring as well. I just copied your idea. Um, so, yep, uh, Chris says, yep, stability is the real difference. We actually know who's going to turn up week to week. Um, he also concurs with a shout out to Ian and uh, Tristan's uh, utility value. Um, Mark Alexander Nisbet says, I'm looking forward to catching out Gordo again on Sunday, build on the last game. Um, and Danny Quinn says, Andy Vaughan, Gold Glove 2021, make it happen. Uh, I don't know, you're the stats guy, Andy. How's your fielding percentage looking? Yeah, it's, it's perfect this year. Um, but but I think I've only had two putouts. The ball doesn't really get generally hit near me, which, which was emphasized last week when I played in left field for almost all of it. Apart from one inning where I get moved into center and then the ball was just hit straight at the left field. Always happens. As soon as you're in a position you don't know, the ball will always come to you. Absolutely, absolutely bizarre. Um, But yeah, no, nice to hear Danny in there. I have to actually say, uh, Danny's obviously our center fielder. Um, And one of the reasons that the comments has done so well this year is is having him in center field, directing me in left, usually Gordon and right. Danny really controls that. And having having a good, solid center fielder um, this is talented as Danny and as fast as Danny because he, yeah. can, he can cover the he can cover all of center a bit of right and a bit of left it makes my job yeah, easier yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean I used to obviously play left field um, alongside Danny um, and he was always really he was always the same with me just always constantly talking yeah. always I mean I never listened which is why we collided twice at high speed um, he's much faster than I am but I'm a pretty hefty guy so that ended uh, that always ended well um, but yeah, Danny is a gem to play with. He's also coached the development team um, as well. It's important to, I think, mention that Danny has mm-hmm. been the coach of the development players um, and has done a fantastic job stepping into that role. Um, let's call it a night there, boys, because um, Jason has to run out in, a, in pretty much now. Uh, thank you so very much, Andy, for joining us on the show, mate. And uh, I'll see you this Sunday, brother. I will do. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, John, Jason. Really appreciate Excellent. it. 
Yeah, no worries. Uh, links you want to plug before we uh... yeah, plug your show. Let us yeah, know have a have a search for the Trample Bet podcast on Google. Find it Amazon Music, Spotify, whatever it is. If gambling's your thing, you'll 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 like it. If gambling's not your thing, you you probably won't like it. Don't bother. Eighteen plus only. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm gonna throw this out there for you, Andy. I think you're gonna be in charge of the the, the Scottish National League Golf Tournament, and we're gonna have to get something like that organized and. Uh, put something together with everyone to go, go, go golfing one day. He's I would love that. It's poker night to arrange. Don't, don't uh, any more work poker on. night's easy. Like I said, but a golf night where anyone shows up from in the league and plays. Have you plays ever drank like a, with, did you, have you ever drank with Albert? N- nothing is ever easy when it comes to the comments. There needs to be, <laughs> there needs to be a full health and safety check done on the place before we have any kind of night out. <laughs> I'll, 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 do you know what? I'll do that, Jason. I'll take that as an action following this Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> golf night. Uh, go- yeah, we, we have a golf and a weekend or a golf day where we go. Uh, we did in Edinburgh for a long time where we had the end of the year golf tournament and, and there was a lot of guys who had never played before and it took six hours. It was the longest I'll, day I'll tell ever. You what, <laughs> I'll tell you what golf what golf day I'll take, play, t- take part in. Midnight golf. Midnight <laughs> golf would be fucking great. Especially if it took place in like a quarry. So it's like golf in a quarry at midnight. I'm in. I'll tell you who's got a great golf course on their doorstep. Scott's great golf course right next to the Tayport Breakers Field is one of the best golf courses in the country. Um, so per- perhaps that might be something I can talk to, to Jason West about. Yeah, I we see we, we, we organize it for wherever the award show is. So if the award show is oh, in Aberdeen, yes. there's a golf day, then more, whoever goes golfing they want, and then go to the award show. So, so it was Aberdeen, the last one we had. So I think that will come... Edinburgh yeah, next that's again, the furthest away. It must be Edinburgh. Or maybe yeah, Tayport, we'll Edinburgh again next. If, if it was Tayport or Dundee, could easily happen. Yeah, there yeah. we go. We, we should organize it that way. So at the end of the year at the night, we, we do the golf during the day and then you do the thing at night. I, we could do this. Yeah. I'll have a word with someone there, up there. I'm going to be spending more time than I'd like to in Dundee in the near future. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever up at the weekend, John, I'll take you to Tanadice. Sounds sounds good, man. I look forward to it. We should totally get along to a game. Uh, we both support two of the most woeful teams in Scotland <laughs> over the last few years, but uh, yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's call it a night there, guys. You need to go, Jason. Uh, Andy, again, thanks so very much. Thanks to everyone who's watched or uh, will listen. Um, one last comment. Uh, make it mini golf, and I'm in, says Tayport. Uh, and Jason Stott wants to play pub golf, um, which... I think we'd yeah, go I mean, either works. way. Yeah, either uh, way. We, you know, the guys that don't want to go play the, the 18 holes can do mini pub golf or pub golf, and uh, we can all hit the links. Yeah. Um, so quickly, to run through the links, uh, check us on Twitter, we're at Caps and Pipes. Facebook, it's Ball Caps and Bagpipes. Search Ball Caps and Bagpipes on your podcast platform of choice. There's also the NLBM Art Podcast, just do the same. Um, visit uh, Instagram, it's Ball Caps and Bagpipes. And uh, we're going to get a website and we'll have everything on there. <laughs> we are, <laughs> yes. I am going to be working on the website in the off season. Um, and that's going to be the plan there. And then uh, we're going to come back for season four with some really cool stuff that we can talk about. Um, I'll just say Bobby Benia, good night. All right, guys. Take care.